Today's video is here by a popular request, and the topic is Washington's I-1639. Full disclaimer, this video has been requested for a while, and I kind of just didn't want to cover it because I am just so sick and tired of these assault weapons bills and how flat out misguided, misinformed, and f***ing stupid they are. I would be happy, in more ways than one, to never see another assault weapons ban bill ever again. But unfortunately, at this point, it seems like they are spreading like wildfire just because some feel-good politicians want to get re-elected and continue to gain control over everyday citizens in any and every way possible. <sighs> As a resident in a state with a full assault weapons ban since 2004, this subject is a little touchy. I'm literally shaking right now. Initiative 1639. Right in the introduction, it claims that the gun control it proposes is needed because, quote, more than 208,000 students attending at least 212 schools have experienced a shooting on campus since the Columbine mass shooting in 1999. I already find this suspect because it doesn't say where these numbers come from, and it's pretty contrary to every other study I've seen of school shootings, which I cover in my video, The Truth About School Shootings. Shameless plug. Not that I'm surprised that lawmakers' intentions are suspicious. Being shady is kind of part of the job description. Ideas, policies, morals. These are things I don't need. What I need is $2 billion. The Public Safety and Semi-Automatic Assault Rifle Act, as it's titled, is for the children and includes enhanced background checks, waiting periods, a new and still incorrect definition of assault rifle, creates a registry, and more. For example, the law requires all FFLs to keep records of every gun purchase, along with the buyer's name and license numbers, a written statement of eligibility from both the buyer and the FFL, proof of having attended an eligible firearms training course, and a full application with all kinds of identifying information that the FFL has to hand deliver to the chief of police at the end of every business day. And all of this information is to be kept on file for six years. Additionally, it appoints the police as the ones that are supposed to be doing the NICS check and also orders them to look at mental health records until the state can create its own system, after which the police are supposed to use all three. By the way, to cover the cost of all this new paper pushing, your friendly neighborhood FFL is supposed to charge you an extra $25 for every assault rifle you buy, with the new definition that we'll get to in a minute. If you're then approved to be able to purchase the pistol or rifle, you have to wait 10 business days. Or if you're not a Washington State resident, that goes up to 60 days. This is the process whether you have a concealed carry license or not. And all of that is just Section 3. This initiative is 30 pages long, and there's 18 more sections where that one came from. The initiative also includes a whole bunch of new disqualifiers, such as having a warrant for a misdemeanor, which is typically a nonviolent crime and includes things like prostitution. Other disqualifiers include being under the age of 21. In fact, if you are 19 and legally bought or were given a gun before the start of this law, you're now committing a crime. Congratulations! 
Also, bonus points if you haven't stored your firearms to the proper specifications unspecified by the state. This gets you the brand new charge of community endangerment, which could be a felony or a gross demeanor, depending on who gets a hold of said firearms and what they do with them. Really, nobody knows. Also, the people rallied around this thing and pushing it through are a bit of a strange bunch. According to the Seattle Times, the measure was backed by ex-New York Mayor Bloomberg and his Every Town for Gun Safety. And the I-1639 campaign got $3.6 million from a Microsoft co-founder and a former Microsoft CEO, and got $4.6 million from the Alliance for Gun Responsibility, an organization that has a strangely high proportion of Amazon developers and managers as employees. This group also has connections to Bloomberg, Everytown, Uber, and the King County Prosecutor. That feels kind of sketchy to me. If the bill is ultimately successful, it's rumored that Bloomberg is going to get his cronies to introduce a similar bill in 15 other states. Being that California, Massachusetts, and New York already have some pretty similar laws, I have no idea where this thing could be going, and I don't really want to think about it. If anything at all could sum up this bill in a few words and capture how simultaneously ridiculous and ominous it is, check out just this one phrase from Vox. Initiative 1639 will raise the legal age to buy semi-automatic rifles, widely described as assault rifles. <laughs> widely described this way by who? The Tooth Fairy? Because this ain't it, Chief! Though, unfortunately, Vox isn't wrong. The new definition of assault rifle under this law is any rifle which utilizes a portion of the energy of a firing cartridge to extract the fired cartridge case and chamber the next round, which requires a separate pull of the trigger to fire each cartridge. So, basically, any rifle without a bolt or lever. Now, according to Wiki, the first ever gas-operated gun was patented back in 1884, so I guess leftists are taking us back to the technology of the Wild West, which is ironic since they always accuse us gun owners of being the ones that want to go back there. Hypocritical much? Anyway, according to the Columbia Basin Herald, 59% of Washington voters approved the initiative back in November of 2018. So we're talking about 59% of voters voting to take the rights away from the other 41% and calling it fair because that's democracy. The age restrictions started on January 1st, and the rest of the law is taking effect July 1st. And the whole thing has been mired in controversy since the day the votes were cast. In some counties, 75% of voters voted no and have been protesting by filling out criminal complaints against the state. Sheriffs in Spokane, Chelan, Stevens, Douglas, Benton, Adams, and Lewis counties all said that they wouldn't be enforcing the law, and the police chief over in Republic has been floating the idea of turning the city into a Second Amendment sanctuary city. The Seattle Times reported 13 counties refusing the law altogether, while the Chinook Observer put that number at 20. Washington only has 39 counties, so that means more than half of them are giving the middle finger to this clown show. 
Their main argument is that the law is unconstitutional on a number of fronts. A violation of the Second Amendment, for sure, but also that the requirements for safe storage and safe storage checks violate the Fourth Amendment. And that's the one about unreasonable searches and seizures. Attorney General Bob Ferguson fired back with an open letter saying that until a court rules the law is unconstitutional, it is presumed constitutional, which is a shit argument. His other argument is that law enforcement get to have their opinions, but that it's their job to enforce laws whether said law enforcement thinks those laws are constitutional or not. Which is not how I think it's supposed to work. But not doing so, according to Ferguson, will jeopardize public safety and ensure that criminals get those assault rifles that aren't actually assault rifles and will be held liable for every transferred firearm that is then used in a crime. Which I imagine would be very few and far between. My favorite part is this line. All Washingtonians, including those of us in government, are equally subject to the law. Which is convenient, because that's never the case with anything else. He then finishes it up with a touching story about how he's personally against the death penalty, but continued to support the death penalty and fight for the death penalty in court, and continued to fight back against inmates filing appeals, because that's the law. It's kind of ironic, because if someone's in danger and prevented from defending themselves by having to twiddle their thumbs during a waiting period, it's also kind of like giving them the death penalty. Finally, Ferguson says, if you don't like it, file a lawsuit. And so, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> the NRA and Second Amendment Foundation have filed a federal lawsuit to overturn the law. The suit has hit a few snags along the way, and so there's a GoFundMe set up, linked down in the description, to help out the plaintiffs with their legal costs. Hat tip to the Yankee Marshal and his I-1639 challenge. He's donated, I've donated, Guns and Gadgets has donated, and a whole bunch of other people are really helping out. As for the suit itself, the current lawsuit is the second one that the NRA and SAF have filed and argues that I-1639 drastically rewrites statutes governing purchase, sale, and ownership of firearms in common use in the state of Washington. It thereby infringes on the plaintiff's rights under the Commerce Clause and the Second and Fourteenth Amendments to the United States Constitution. The state has moved to get the lawsuit dismissed, but the motion was blocked by a federal judge in late May, allowing the lawsuit to move forward. And where it lands, nobody knows. <laughs> so that is your Second Amendment and firearm news for the week. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and drop me a comment down below. And in light of the new YouTube content rules and the whole they keep digging deeper, I want to remind everyone that all of my videos are mirrored over on BitChute and GunStreamer, and anything gun-related can also be found over on Full30. Audio-only versions are on all of the major podcast platforms, and of course, to try to make up for how often YouTube demonetizes my content, I do have profiles set up on both Patreon and Subscribestar. As always, thanks for tuning in, stay safe, and happy shooting!